Hello, and welcome to Dig It. I'm Peter Brown, and hosting the show with me today is Chris Day. Hi, Chris. Hi, Peter. So, June in the garden already. And the sun's shining today, Peter. It's glorious, isn't it? It is. Nice, nice warm day. The birds are singing. Yeah, you can hear them singing in the background, hopefully. Indeed. Yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, obviously, another, yes, another busy month for us gardeners. Massively busy. I think everything's coming out into flower now, isn't it? It the, is. Well, I've got a bit of an issue with my apple tree. One of my apple trees down the allotment still hasn't come into leaf. I don't oh. know whether it's died because of the Ooh. December frosts mm-hmm. or... It's just a bit slow, bit like slow. my bluebells. Yeah, well, oh yes, your bluebells are becoming a bit of a legend now, aren't they? So, uh, but it'd be worth just mentioning, Peter. If yeah, if things aren't moving, just do a little bark test. So, just to check whether the plants scrape are the surface of the bark back Correct. and see if it's green underneath. That's it. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, about halfway up the tree or the okay. bush there. Just scratch there, and if it's green, you know that it's just still in its winter slumber. If it's brown or black, then I'm afraid it's uh, it's no longer it's with game us. Game over. Because my father used the adage: "Don't ever pull anything out." Until after the longest day of the year. Yes, which is um, and he, this month. Another, so, yeah. uh, another couple of weeks' time. But yeah. he's saying if it hasn't come into come back to life yeah. by I think, then, I think then it's possibly that, never going to come back. Indeed, so yeah, yeah. I'll do a bark test. But yeah. um, thanks mm, for that, Chris. No, That's good. No and now something that some gardeners like to see, mm. and a lot of other gardeners <laughs> aren't so keen to see, is rabbits. Indeed, what's going on in? Uh, Gardening world with rabbits. Right, so it's we'll start with some Watsons, and of course, yeah, it's Peter Rabbit, and it's all part of National Gardening Week. Okay. Which is obviously a wonderful festival which happens usually the last few days of, of, of May into into June. So we're just in, well, we're midway through that week uh, as this drops, yep. uh, this podcast drops. So, yeah, so it's a wonderful partnership between uh, Random House uh, Children's Books, which is the world of Peter Rabbit, and okay. HTA to promote horticulture. Well, Mr. McGregor, mm. he was always featuring in the stories, wasn't he? he? Was. And um, Mr. Rabbit or Peter Rabbit was always yeah, enjoying the pro- yeah, 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 <laughs> yes. enjoying the produce, doesn't yeah. he? So yeah. it's, a, it's a good partnership, I can see. Yeah, so it all links around with obviously it's uh, obviously May half term, so yep. and into June, so it's all part of event celebration. So we'll be doing obviously various uh, projects at the garden centre here, and there'll be some little worksheets and things to for the children to get involved in. Obviously, a nice booklet which has been produced on Brilliant. behalf of. Uh, uh, Penguin Random House to promote Peter Rabbit to a, a new generation. Excellent. And the HTA, so if mm. you're not local to us at the Garden Centre here in Buckingham, mm-hmm. obviously have a look around your local HTA garden centres and hopefully one of them is doing the same promotion. So you can go and get some free... Well, it's a free booklet. It's a booklet, it? and, yes, yeah. booklet, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and I think activities, so activities, so something to get your children inspired in mm. gardening. Yes, hopefully, indeed. Maybe grow a few carrots. Yes, yeah. um, and obviously yeah, it's also on a, on a website, National Gardening, uh, National Children's Gardening Week. So we'll put the link on the on the show notes there as well, Peter. Excellent. We're just thinking about it actually. Didn't they like rad- didn't they like Mr. McGregor's radishes? It is as well, yes. And now radishes are a really easy one they to grow. They are compared so to carrots, probably, yes, yeah, can, yes, uh, probably yeah. quite a good one for yeah. children to grow. Indeed, so. although I'm not I'm not a massive keen fan of them, but you know some of the round carrots are just as, as just as enjoyable. To just grow, as good, yeah. are they? Yeah, well, they are I'm better. still I've still got plans to pickle some radish because oh, that's okay. a Dutch 
trick. Oh, Apparently, it? that, yeah, it's a good bar snack to have when you go out to Holland. Is a pickled radish, a pickled radish. Yeah, there we go. So I suppose is it, is it French breakfast the most popular radish varieties? I think when we were talking to the gentleman from um, Mr. Fothergill, he, he mentioned that was their number yeah, one yeah, seller. Yeah, yeah so right. it's a good, it's a good variety. So good, but we've got a really packed June. Uh, if mm-hmm. May was busy. Um, over the first and the fifth, it's the um, board bar Bloom Island. This is the the Irish largest islands gardening event, um, okay. which I've had heard of, but I did do a little bit of sneaking on the website. And it looks a really good show. It's their effectively their Chelsea Flower Show. Oh, right. Okay. So that's over over five days, and then moving on fifteenth uh, to the eighteenth of June. It's obviously BBC Gardeners World Live at the Birmingham NEC. Yep. Um, obviously full of lovely gardens, lots of inspirational gardens, mm-hmm. uh, stands, and obviously expert advice. And of course, that's a a big it's a, big it's, event, it's, it's isn't it? Event. Yeah, yeah. Having yeah. takes over a big area of the NEC. Uh, I had an interesting chat with a friend of mine about it the other day, and he's been to Chelsea mm. and to Gardeners World. And he said he preferred Gardener's World because it wasn't quite as ram-packed. Mm. I mean, he said it was both very, very, very busy. Yes. But at least at Gardener's World at the NEC, there's space to move around and you can see what's going on on the stands, whereas that Chelsea has just become yeah. so popular so and yeah, you just can't see anything. But. And also, I think, yeah, parking's a lot easier, obviously. And, of course, you can buy lots of plants. At, uh, yes, so that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's a shopping experience. Mm. It's not you know, just for the you know, sort of looking at, is it? No, it's, it's in, yeah, involved. But they have lots of demonstrations and talks as well so it's a really good good event that's for that's from the the 15th to the 18th and okay. then the, the following week uh, local just to us down the road almost anyway blenheim palace uh, flower show so mm, again yes again, it's uh, i think it's built up over the last few years to become quite a, a go-to uh flower it's show. becoming a good event now isn't it yeah because yeah. um i can remember chatting with steve bradley a bit about that as it well was, wasn't he? yes indeed yeah so so that's what and then the uh, the, f- the final event really um obviously a, a guest close to uh, Diggit's heart of course is jekka vicar and she's mm, having a our famous herb growing friend mm, indeed and she's got her jekka's herb fest a celebration of her herbs at the talks gardening workshops and cookery demonstrations uh, with uh, the, the one and only Jacob McVicker, and that's on the the thirtieth of June through to the the second of July, so right at the end of the month. But that sounds okay. really good, and that, that's so. Jacob's uh, nursery is based over in Bristol. So. I was going to say that's at Alvest- Alveston, is that's it? it? Bristol. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you're down in the south part of the country, south where would it be? Southwest, quite local to you, and definitely worth a, a go and. So, Chris, you've been to Chelsea, haven't you, this month? I have indeed. Um, and what a wonderful bit of weather we had for it as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I had to go to Euro Disney, which mm, was um, a okay. great shame, but uh, <laughs> amazing experience, but possibly not quite. I mean, Euro Disney was busy, but I understand... You managed to pick the busiest day of the week again to Chelsea. Yes, they seem to have ramped up the numbers. The uh, the RHS, God bless them, are putting a little bit more few people in there. Obviously, they, they, there is a limit, and I think they probably reached the limit uh, over okay. that, that day. And of course, it was. Uh, I mean, I said the weather was good, everything was good about it. But um, yeah, logistically, you know, you know, if you wanted to get a drink, you had to queue. If you, it's the usual things of, of a busy show, basically, not being able to sit down when you've. <laughs> around so many gardens and seen so many wonderful plants it's always a bit a it was bit a tiring day then was it very it was much hard so. work but yeah, yeah i bet you saw some nice plants there so they have a plant of the year competition mm. don't they and what 
any good plants in that this year? So there was the, the, the top three were were interesting. The the third one was a, a form of YG. They're called camouflage, which had right. lovely lovely red flowers, but nothing too special to be honest with you, Pete. It just like looked like a lot of the the other YG it was the second place where there was a, a wonderful hydrangea, wonderful colour, but it was very very variegated, lots of white and green to the leaves, which. It was a bit of a okay. mom up. Yeah, because I've seen a picture of it, and mm. to me, the leaves look a bit like those sort of variegated hibis- hibiscus that you get. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's very, very similar to that plant, Peter. And okay, it, it, so it's not going to do too well in full sunlight, then. I'm guessing it's going to struggle. I think that's the thing. It'll probably get badly but then scorched. Hydrangeas do tolerate sort of a bit of dappled shade don't they they do well in lots of conditions yep that's right usually sort of edge of woodland locations absolutely fine but uh, i think that one would would, would succumb <laughs> in the it might get summer. burnt or, uh, a might, little bit yeah. but excellent and what about the winner now mm. this one really caught my eye yeah beautiful color fantastic so this is a, an agapanthus and it's called blackjack and okay it, it was bred in south south africa uh, right by Duet plants breeders, and it took apparently seventeen years to bring it to fruition. So they wow, they've tried hard on it then. They have indeed, and it was a stunner. I mean, as you know, Agapanthus, you know, we we love the blues and the whites and the different shades of. I mean, the one we sell at the garden centre here called Twister, which is blue and white, is always a a popular seller. But this one, when it becomes available, hopefully next year for for garden centres, I think it's going to be a real winner. Mm, brilliant great stuff well hopefully we'll be able to like you say get get some of those next year because mm. they, they certainly blew me away color wise brilliant plant they do indeed and peter this this, this plant competition is quite important because we do see a lot of these plants not necessarily which are obviously in the top three but those which have been uh, put forward you know come through to the garden center world so there's mm. the, it's a, they're commercial plants they aren't are they, they yeah. are indeed yes and uh, and that's a good thing for all as gardeners Okay, and obviously Chelsea is about the display gardens mm. or the show gardens, Indeed. isn't it, really? And this year, I understand the trend was very much sort of wild flowers and mm. was it sort of open meadow type flowers there or a, yeah, there was a mountain bit of a bit, flowers? or It was very much, yeah, unfortunately the, the, the term weeds did crop up quite a weeds. lot. Weeds, excellent. Yes. Okay, yeah, so, so I could have entered my garden this year it then. It, it, was, it, it was funny, we were standing on one of the stands, it was the RSPB garden, which was very nice, yeah. had some amazing ranunculus and the lady behind me said, oh, they're, they're really nice buttercups and another lady had to correct it, she said they're not... Um, buttercups they're ranunculus right and I thought that sort of says it all really we, we should be treating plants as plants not necessarily as the, the degenerative t- 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 tone of, of being a weed, of a weed. well isn't, yeah. it, isn't a weed a plant in mm. the wrong place exactly that, that's the real terminology of a weed it's it not, is <laughs> and they were used really well Peter and I think they you know those gardens which did embrace it there was a third of the the gardens did have wildflowers right um and inverted columns weeds i mean one of the one of the gardens the center point garden uh, di- uh designed by uh cleve west yep. who's a real fantastic advocate of a wonderful garden design he created this garden which the main feature was a, a tree which had obviously been felled and its roots were exposed at one end so you can imagine yeah, yeah, those are, and at the top of the the, the root system there was an amazing uh, batch of nettles grown to perfection looking absolutely stunning and it did make me think you know you know weeds whatever you were going to call them wildflowers are quite difficult to grow to that sort of quality mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. 
Oh, as much as we might laugh at mm. drone nettles and what have you. I mean, I, I always think sort of in the summer when you see all of the, what are they called? The bubbly, the insects that create the sort of bubble nests under the nettles. Um, spit, spittle. Cuck- yeah, cu- uh, cuckoo spit. Cuckoo spit. spit. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, to mm. be fair, mm. those sorts of plants do attract loads of wildlife. Yeah. And obviously the... Little bugs and what have you then get eaten by mm-hmm. bigger bugs, and then the bigger bugs get eaten by the birds. And it's the circle of life, isn't it? It yeah. has to be. Yeah. So if any all these these wonderful wildflowers and weeds we're seeing had a you know a strong message that we need to be attracting more wildlife into gardens, and these are going to do it with with heaps of enthusiasm, especially if you put quite a large number in. So, Chris, obviously there was mm. a lot of wildlife gardens or wildflower gardens. There was, indeed. Did you have a favourite display garden? Right, so <laughs> so I have to say, Peter, we, we, we saw quite a lot, but there's a lot we didn't see because of the numbers of people. There were, you know, four or five people uh, rose thick to get to the front of the show garden. So okay. you had to move down very, very slowly, be very patient, and people were, which is great. The garden which I loved and which was picked up by uh, both Monty Don and uh, Joe uh, Joe Swift was the Sarah Price, a Nurture to Nature garden, and it won a gold. And it was based on uh, Cedric uh, Morris's Benton End Gardens, which are famous for their iris. These are the bearded iris. Yeah, yeah. And what she'd done amazingly, she'd sort of stripped down the colour palette. So it was very pastel-y but very limited orange walls, wonderful black-leafed uh, uh, Ioniums, uh, a wonderful landscape. I mean, it would look great for probably three or four weeks at that stage, and this is what Chelsea's about, is it's <laughs> totally about theatre. But it just took me breath away. It was amazing, and it got, obviously, a lot of crowds. We did make an effort to get to the front to, to take you a photo. You managed to get to the front of that one. Yeah, we did, definitely. We were on a mission. And, and you that, got a photo as well. We got a photo, one or Excellent. two photos. Can we put that in the show notes? We so can indeed. Just in case you haven't seen a photo of it already. Indeed, I'm sure. Have a look at ours. Yeah, but it, but it got a goal, but it didn't get best in show. That went to um, the, a wonderful garden created by and designed by Chris Beardshaw, which won, which won gold. And, okay. uh, and, of course, Horatio's garden which is of course part of the uh, the charity to obviously produce, put these wonderful gardens into uh, um, uh, um, they're going to sort of not care homes, spi- spinal injury units isn't it yes and and that was an amazing garden and that obviously picked up a lot of interest although i didn't particularly like the water feature it was one of the most boring water features going it, right. did, it didn't enthuse me at all but the planting was very subtle and there was plenty of wildflowers again in that one brilliant Good stuff. Well, it was on trend then. At least it was, that's the, yes, the yeah. Chelsea uh, yeah. show winner was on yes, trend. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. And I understand a few of the royals made their appearances, which is nice to see. They're sort of following on mm. their mother's tradition. Indeed, yes. Um, traditionally Monday, obviously it's press day, but of course they, they, there's a bit of a clear out usually from about four o'clock to, to welcome the royals, and they get obviously a, a couple of hours to, to view. Uh, okay. So, yeah, uh, King Charles, um, the, the Queen, and of course we had Kate Middleton. Um, yes, yeah, so obviously the, the Princess, Princess of, of Wales. Wales. Yeah, no, she did done, something yeah. very nice from what I understand. She took 10 children from 10 schools mm. who, who take part in the RHS campaign for school gardening 
And they had a private tour with yeah, her. It was. It was really good. And apparently, this is going to become a thing each year. That it's going to become a you know part of the uh, the, the calendar. And they had, they had a wonderful picnic. And the, you know, it was picked up on the, the BBC as a as a very positive thing about getting children absolutely involved in in gardening from an early age. So that was good. Yeah. Yeah. But well, you know, just thinking about getting children involved in in gardening, I know <laughs> we're currently you know, we've got the HTA's Peter Rabbit. Well, yes, we have. Sort of yes. National Gardening Promotion, Week. I suppose you call it. And uh, I took my children home a bag of sunflower seeds yesterday, Excellent. and they were over the moon. That's and great. Like, oh, for a great, we can grow some more sunflowers. And more, yeah. That's always fun to do. Mm, so indeed, indeed. Something else for you to do if you're looking for something to do this half term? Indeed. Well, I'm pleased to hear you had a good time at Chelsea, Chris. I Thank mean, you, Peter. It's one of those shows. Hopefully, one day I'll get to you go. Must to. You must do. You must do. It is. A, it is an experience, and uh, I mean, you see so much. And I think I suppose these days we we get wall to wall coverage on the BBC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is it a bit like F1, where you mm. can generally see more on the telly than you can when you go to the racetrack? I, exactly. And the gardens always look bigger on the TV to when you actually see them in real life. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. It's a, it's a win win. The magic of camera. <laughs> That's it. And. <laughs> Uh, one sort of term which was being used quite a lot at uh, the show, which I thought was quite nice, that many of the gardens were a, a slice of landscape, which had been basically, yeah. uh, obviously, put in beautifully, obviously, with a bit of finesse into the, the Chelsea show ground. But, of course, a lot of people go to Chelsea for inspiration. And if they see a nice plant combination or a new plant or, you know, a new bulb or anything, then that can only be a positive thing for us to take away. Well, that's it. If it gives you some nice inspiration and mm. ideas about, oh, maybe have a that theme of garden, or maybe yep. we can just recreate that little part in our garden. Yep. Brilliant, Indeed. isn't it? And yeah. equally, especially with all the wildlife gardens, if that encourages a few more Indeed. people to get into wildflowers, then... Yeah, and let's maybe hope next year um, wildlife will be there, but maybe a little bit tame, tame shall we say. Back to more orderly planting are you thinking Chris, well or? maybe just a little bit but it'd be nice to see a few weeds there a few dandelions maybe next year that's a good wish great stuff nice one thanks chris thanks peter and every month we give you a bit of an update as to sort of sales when this month is plant foods mm. Interesting, this, yeah, no, really I, interesting because yeah, I'm not going to preempt this. But no. the, the bestseller I just happened to get another bottle of today Excellent. Um, because I use it and I think it's a really good one. But talk us through, Chris, yeah. what's at number five? Number five, uh, everybody's favourite, Levington Tomorite. Yep. So obviously, you know, we're into high the nitrogen so. feed. Yep, good, good mix. Got plenty of, um, well, it's got a bit of everything in it, lots of potassium too. At yep. number four, Miracle Grow Chicken Manure, so very high nitrogen. So Okay. Even more now, so. Is that one a liquid or a pellet? That's a pelleted, yes. Pelleted, yep. yep. And then at number three, Vitax Organic Potato Fertilizer, which doesn't really surprise me in view of how many potato tubers we, we yeah, seem to sell every little, year. Yeah, that's yep, it. Yep. And uh, number two, Westland uh, Blood Fish and Bone. So uh, is that classed as a straight? No, it can't be, can it? Because it's, it's a mixture it's a of mixture, um, yeah. MP and K. So That's it. Yeah. So it's a slow just... So your your fish meal is quite fast acting. Blood is obviously incredibly fast acting, and then of course bone meal is relatively slow. So you've got the three ingredients there. And at number one, a big fanfare: Doff seaweed extract. That's the one. I love it. I mean, it does well, and I'm hoping it will green up my sweet corn. Oh, it should do. Because yes. I've, I've been, honestly, interesting this year. I planted all my seeds in peat-free compost, and mm-hmm. I've used Levington mm-hmm. seed and cutting. Excellent. However, 
my sweet corn have all gone yellow. Yellow, okay. And they're only... I mean, they're, they're on their second and third leaves okay. now. Are they really rebound so in the little... Are they in modules or in... in they're in little... Um, they're in brown fibre pots. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. grow down into uh, in a seed tray. Yeah. And, I mean, they're not... That's what really surprised me, is how, how quickly they've run out of energy. Now, is that an ind- indication about the compost, I wonder? Have they used it very, very quickly? Well, that's that, a debate that, we that, always that, chat yeah, about, isn't that, it? So, that, yeah. that, that's what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm hoping a bit of seaweed extract will stimulate get them back into life and yeah. make them go green yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what is interesting, I mean, we're obviously that, that uh, the volume of sales we, we, I've got the figures from is obviously what we sold through the month of May. Yep. And May is obviously the go-to time when people are thinking about planting. So I suspect that that will change. It might be worth revisiting that, that top five later on in the year just to see how it, how yeah, it yeah, moves yeah. on. Well, yeah. When lawn foods come mm. uh, into their sort of, uh, time of year, that, uh, I, we sell an awful lot of lawn fertilizer. Oh, we do indeed, yes, we? both uh, granular and, and uh, liquid. Yeah, mm, That's it. Excellent. Good stuff. And into the news mm. then, Chris. What's going on in the horticultural industry? Yeah. Well, quite a lot, actually, because last month we chatted at quite a bit of length about the um, the acquisition by Blue Diamond to buy the Beckwith uh, Emporium. Yeah. Um, I know you had some quite interesting Local thoughts. Local to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah to that's yourself. it. Yeah. And this month they bought Fosway Garden Centre, mm. which is... Well, it's in, it's in the on the Fos- Fos- isn't it? It's yeah. on the Fosway. Fosway, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> famous Roman road. <laughs> and, yeah, it's just on the outskirts of Morton in the Marsh. I mean, it's just on the edge of the village. Mm. Um, I, I, I went there and... I. I'm going to get the label as being controversial here because obviously I had a few comments to make about um, Beckwith last month and I just found Fosway a bit soulless. Mm-hmm. It was a very modern sort of metal building, a bit like a uh, out-of-town shopping centre type building. No soul to it whatsoever and lots of dry goods, lots of puzzles, games, children's items... A big machinery section. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the plant area was relatively small. Yeah. Big restaurant area. Yeah. Lovely views. Fantastic views. Can't, across, you yeah, can't yeah. complain about nope. the views there. There's uh, Sitting in their restaurant, looking out uh, across into the Cotswolds, it's lovely. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's first impressions, isn't it, when you drive into any, any garden, any nursery. And I think it is the fact it's, it's metal and it feels quite... Uh, quite, quite uh, I just urban, found it yeah, yeah, yeah. utilitarian. It, yes, there was no yeah. design yeah. Uh, sort of features to it. It was just a big metal box. Yeah. And but, on, but on the plus side, when I visited, the plant side was okay. I certainly found a few things I'd not seen around. So, okay. yeah, so they obviously do have a, a reasonable range. But again, it's... it's well, I think yeah. that was the heart of where it started, wasn't it? I mean, fundamentally, it was a mm. um, sideline to Mr and Mrs Godwin's dairy farming. Mm. And I guess they were using it as a way to top up their income. And yep. Obviously, it progressed and progressed, and I think became yep. officially a garden centre in 1997. Right, so, um, yeah, yeah. But yep. the other, I guess, as we get older, we look to retire, and the thing that I found quite amusing was um, two days before Blue Diamond announced the purchase, the field opposite that the, the Goodwins had also sold 
got planning permission for a massive Sainsbury's. Oh, so that's perfect. Handy. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, I mean, very uh, clever uh, <laughs> of Mr. Roper to yes. sort of think, well, what's going to happen here? And, uh, let's get a, yeah, yes. a few hundred cars coming into Sainsbury's uh, every <laughs> yes. day. Well, that'll give that, us an extra foot few, foot, uh, few visitors, won't it? So, yeah. yeah, fair enough to yep. them. Why not? And, Indeed. Um, yeah. Adds to their sort of turnover, uh, I should imagine, mm. somewhat. So, so hopefully indeed. that'll be so, a good success for them. So will, will the buying stop there? Watch this space. Who knows? I doubt it, knowing that group. I think they'll keep on indeed. investing in our industry. And indeed. why not? Oh, well, so, it's good. Yeah. It's a good industry to invest in, isn't it? Yes. That's it. And then from, from something rather serious to something I found rather funny as a story. So UK farmers are being asked to send slugs to a leading research station to put their feeding habits to the test. Okay. <laughs> so this is scientists at the John Innes uh, Centre in Norwich, a well-to-do establishment. Mm. Uh, they're asking farmers to send in about a thousand of their uh, f- slugs from their fields so they can do a, a feeding analysis. And I mean, it's all part of looking at obviously ways of improving, you know, chemical control measures, isn't it? And especially these days with the fact we've lost things like metaldehyde or the yeah. really nasty slug killers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can only be, be a good thing. So, uh, well, maybe they should start breeding some thrushes. Aren't yeah. thrushes one of the best sort of they slug are. Maybe eaters we, from memory and snail eaters? That's they, from the RSPB's uh, big bird watch. They certainly came up there, didn't they? Yeah, so they maybe did. we just need to attract more birds into our gardens. And, well, no, uh, well, I mean, yeah, no, yeah mm-hmm. no, thinking about all the sort of good old go- uh, old-fashioned gardens that still use um, organic methods mm. and how much greater their sort of... Uh, Arsenal of wildlife of eating yeah. is of predators, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you've got bad badgers. Do they eat slugs? Yes, they do. do. Badgers do. Yes, and hedgehogs and do. Hedgehogs, of course. Yes, and, then, and obviously the usual yeah, yeah the, uh, the usual frogs and yeah. I mean, they're they're all part of that intricate biodiversity we need in our garden. So yeah, let's let's do that. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, we're in June, Peter, and of course people are putting their, their seasonal bedding plants out now. They're putting their their tender vegetable plants out. You know, you know, slug control is important. So whether you use mm. your copper tape or your your uh, cocoa well, shell or whatever. I used, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I found a product last year that was um, wool based. Mm. Okay. And sort of little pellets of wool. Slug, slug gone, I think that was. Slug gone, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great, and great product, yeah. I, honestly, it's all rotted away nicely into the soil, so yes. I, I must say, it, it, I think it worked. I didn't yes. lose too many plants to nope. slugs and snails last year, so no, I can recommend that one. That's yeah. a good one. It would be interesting, won't it? I mean, this, this looking how this summer progresses, obviously we had a very harsh winter how the slug populations have maybe moved down i've certainly seen a few around the certainly infiltrating my hostas at the moment even though i've got my oh, copper right. bands on there so okay. they are still around anyway. yeah but yeah. that's it isn't it yeah, nature yeah. always survives it does indeed <laughs> yeah, indeed and uh, on the news front as well peter and it's another little bit of blue diamond but it's quite an interesting story this is the restoration of Bridgemere Show Gardens. So, okay. so Bridgemere, um, it's a garden centre quite close to my heart because I, when I used to live up north, it was you know it was the main go-to garden centre in the northwest, being in Cheshire, uh, okay. in which obviously built by the amazing work of um, John Ravenscroft, and he created these amen- amazing show gardens to basically right. give people lots of inspiration. Yeah, and uh, obviously, like anything. Um, Obviously, uh, Bridgemere was sold on to uh, 
uh, Wyvale, and of course over the years the show gardens have gone into neglect. And the idea now is behind this, it's, they're going to be improved with a little bit of magic by a, a, a rather popular person in our podcast, uh, David Dominey. Mm, yes, the, well, he's into everything. In, it in, is yeah, house indeed. plants and garden design, and yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll do a very good I'm job fantastic. up there. And, yes, yeah. uh, I think it's a well. Every garden centre you went to back in the eighties mm. had an area of show gardens. It I did. think, yeah. unfortunately, as the pressures of space have got more and more, and the cost of land has gone up. This isn't quite as popular a thing, but uh, I guess if the space is still there on a yeah. site, then yeah, yeah, why not restore the give, give people some inspiration and, uh, mm. and make it an ongoing thing. Certainly, when I was when I used to work up at a garden centre up, up in the northwest, we used to we had a show garden which featured basically heathers and conifers, okay. built on the back of the nineteen seventies, and obviously the popularity of the you know the Blooms family to promote heathers and conifers as a a wonderful sort of plant partnership, and of course up in that part of the world we, are, we were on acidic soil. So the plants grew really well. We'd have slight problems here. <laughs> wouldn't do so quite so well on wouldn't a lovely work, clay. Yeah. No, but no. equally, just think about that. We yeah. might as well give a quick plug to the podcast coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Mm. We have a chat with Nick Hamilton, who's got the thirty-eight show gardens. Just a few, yeah, <laughs> yes. to look after in in Rutland. Yeah. Or the, the, well, it's Barnsdale, isn't Barnsdale, it? Barnsdale yeah. Gardens that he he, mm. he manages. So yeah, if you're interested in learning a bit about show gardens how to look after them and all and and of course he's, he's rather famous uh, late father obviously the late yeah. great yeah jeff hamilton so yeah that's it so have a listen to that in a couple of weeks time mm. in safe hands mm. so this is a, a a nice new story in garden news uh, magazine basically yes it's, a, it's an interview with the, the head gardener of basically the head of national trust gardens and he's sort of talking how the, the future of their their uh, sort of 200 gardens they have to maintain yep, an ongoing... That's Andy Jasper, isn't it? That's it, that's the yep. gentleman, yep, and he's got obviously quite a big job, and obviously how to look at the whole side of the horticultural basis and how they're going to work in the next obviously the next decade, really. And I'm mm-hmm. sure they must be asking lots of questions from sustainability to obviously the types of plants there, and of course as we know, our climate's changing and these are all the things they're sort of looking at now to, to make sure that these gardens go into a very positive future with obviously a little bit of uh, extra TLC from the, the advisors there they're using. And, of course, they use a massive amount of volunteers. I think it's over 10,000 people, mm, volunteers. Yeah, in there. So I they're big numbers. And, uh, I mean, they do a grand job. So, you know, you know these National Trust Gardens, I mean, we've got one rather nice one just down the road from Buckingham here, Stowe Landscape <laughs> Gardens, yeah. uh, one of Capability Brown's slightly larger gardens. And well, it's a la- uh, I always think it's a landscape it's rather a landscape. than a garden, a, that yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it beautiful. Is, yeah. it is, it is not, it's not a twee little cottage garden Certainly by any not, sense. No, not, not like something like Sissinghurst, maybe, but with the, which are gardens within gardens, aren't they? And, yeah. uh, and Hidcote and such like. So, yeah, that's good. And it's, it's a very positive, nice new story that uh, yeah it's in safe hands which is what it's about as well that's what we need it is and um it's a we've, we've reported on this in, in previous podcasts and given the results but it's time to vote for your favorite uh, historic house garden of the year so okay. your opportunity to when you're looking around these wonderful gardens over the next few months uh to obviously let the the people who organize this uh, that's historic houses org their um your results and uh, they'll obviously be quite keen to find out if there's a, a new top of the the list for 2023 and okay. uh, we'll put the the link on the on the the show notes for that 
Yeah, so do get on and vote for your local favourite. Favourite, yeah. yeah. Keep well, it doesn't have to be local, does it? No, I mean, no, any, if you're any of the gardens that you visited yeah, that yeah. you think, oh, that was really inspirational, yeah, yeah, give yeah. them a vote. Indeed. Well, with border control in the news a bit at the moment, with all the migrants and mm. the channels, um, yeah, it's impacting on the horticultural industry as it, well at the moment, it isn't is, it? Peter, yes, bit of a prickly story this oh, one, Chris. Good link, I like it. I like <laughs> it. So basically, basically, imports of nursery-grown cacti, orchids, and carnivorous plants are being, which are destined for garden centres such as us, are yep. now being disrupted due to extended. Uh, crackdowns by the uk border force so it's all about this cites so this is um, the the convention of international trade of endangered species yep. so basically anything rare which is plants rare and, plants yeah, yeah. so well, any- things that have been taken out of the wild yes. as well isn't it that shouldn't have been and um That's right. i think the the thought process behind it is very good mm. and honorable and fantastic but the issues now is that it's causing just yeah, pandemonium and mm. Red tape. delays and cost and what have you at the ports and yep. uh, like you say sort of the dutch have been growing cacti on their nurseries for quite a few years yeah. and importing well. them into the <laughs> into yeah. the uk yeah and now they're starting to get to the point where they're probably going to turn around and say well, it's not worth our time, time isn't yeah. it? Which I would mean, be shame because that's obviously a, a very valuable source of plants, and obviously our interest in house plants at the moment is obviously on a, a massive trajectory. So mm. we're going to be losing that. So I mean, I can understand it, and I know sometimes plant labelling on cacti can be a little bit, shall we say, uh, varied. <laughs> yeah. Well, they uh, don't always name the correct species no, or the think, whole Latin name, do they? Yeah. Isn't that part of the yes. issue? Is yeah. that the the, the nurseries have realised that if you don't label something yeah. properly, yep. the inspectors don't have a clue what it is, and yeah. off it goes straight that, through. That's mm. right. Yeah. So I mean, like at the moment on on pots, you often get the uh, the plant passport number imprinted yep. on the pot. I mean, why they can't just put the plant name? You know, keep it mm. correct. But anyway, we'll we'll see. But obviously, it is important, and it's obviously a concern. The HTA are obviously concerned about this and how it will have a, an impact into the whole aspect of bringing importing plants and uh, yeah we'll, we'll see and of course there is so much red tape associated now with importation from plant passporting anyway yeah this is just yet another loophole which obviously is being somewhat uh, they're tightened. trying to clamp down on mm. but yeah i mean i think the plant passport is just such a simple and basic uh, sort of uh, mm. need for biosecurity yes. and if people use that uh, properly and adhere to it yep. it will sort out a lot of the problems but now to yep. have these extra sort of things imposed on us it's a bit mm. bit onerous but i guess it's all for our safety it is and it's our border now isn't it yeah not being not in the eu uh, EU, EU. we are obviously our own boss when it comes to that so yes it's a, it's a double-edged sword isn't it as they say mm. yeah yeah as always <laughs> yeah indeed um, so from from plant passports to uh, the Garden Museum, which is obviously based in London, and they've got a, a new chair um, okay. looking after the, the Board of Trustees, a uh, gentleman by the name of uh, Rupert Tyler. Rupert Tyler. Tyler. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's got 
apparently a lot of experience uh, in the city and he's, he's a passionate gardener and obviously it's looking at the strategy of the Garden Museum which is a, a wonderful place to visit. It's, Have uh, you been there? Uh, years and years ago, Peter, yeah. Okay, I mean, I've never heard of it. Is, no. is it a big sort of garden? Or? It's, yeah, it's a very traditional, um, if you think about a monastery garden, you know, sort of like cloisters and yeah, yeah, yeah. toperies and low-level herb. Yeah, lots of herbs, lots, right. of, lots okay. of lovely, lovely plants. It's not a, it's not a show garden by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a, it's a, it's a garden with a mission, right. and, it, and it has obviously wonderful old buildings, and often they have, uh, as it is a garden museum, it has lots of artifacts from gardening gone by. They, they do often have themed uh, displays as well. So okay, you know, gardening so equipment and in. Lambeth Green. La- Lambeth Green, yes. That's yeah. central London. Isn't it is, it? yes. So it's just off the um, off, off off the Thames. It's really it's it's very easy mm. to find, and uh, it, it's well worth it. You're in London, and you've got uh, two or three hours to spare. You'd certainly go and fi- get some yeah, peace and quiet peace in and the quiet, nice garden. A bit of contemplation, and you'll certainly learn a lot about uh, some part of garden history. Yeah. Wow, good stuff. And talking about history, um, obviously we've got a, a new king and there's uh, the Royal Mail have issued some special stamps to commemorate um, the king's head with the first depictions of some wonderful garden flowers, although um, there is quite an interesting mixture of flowers, isn't there, uh, featuring mm, on this? I, I was expecting a sort of native flowers, mm, but not, they're not, they're, maybe they're sort of... Yeah. Flowers from the colonies or the Commonwealth? Possibly, yes. I don't know. I yep. mean, uh, very interesting. But lovely to see that the king sort of got behind yes. horticulture yet again yeah. with his first sort of release of stamps. This is, this is his first, isn't it? So these will be the first stamps, this, this particular collection, to feature the, the king's head, which is very good, as you say. It's, uh, um, so look out for those. They're going to be available, obviously, at your post office or through the uh, through the Royal Mail uh, on their special stamp issues. Mm. Yeah, and uh, another story which I have to say, I, I, when I looked at this, I did cough over my uh, <laughs> my coffee. Um, yeah. Scientists urge tax breaks for sustainable gardeners. So this is where homeowners who garden sustainably should mm, I use the word should be rewarded. Um, by tax breaks uh, to help. Well, all I'm going to say is I yeah. think it's a good idea. And if I got, if I was allowed to say that I was not using chemicals in my garden, and therefore my brown bin was free for yes. the council to collect, I'd be well and truly behind this. I think we should yes. try and push that as an idea for Indeed. them to get Indeed. on board. Indeed, <laughs> yes, yeah, rather than paying the fifty, sixty pounds a year for. But yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I, yes. I can understand it. At the end of the day, yeah, some people are very green and mm. other people are possibly not quite so green Great. and the stuff that goes in the brown bins that's it yes so this is um this is again it's not it's not official but this is scientists from sheffield uh, university from their their findings so yeah. you know it's like anything it has to start somewhere doesn't it the germ of an idea and the, you think if we did get tax breaks what an input that would have on the wildlife of the country. Well, and, straight yeah, away, wouldn't it? Go, get half the country to go organic just because of this. Mm. It'd be a massive boost to our wildlife. It would, indeed. Yes, we'll see. We'll see, indeed. And um, another very interesting story. This has been actually around a little while, but it's now sort of official. So a 32-acre garden in Norfolk has been bequeathed to the national gardening charity Perennial. Okay. So perennials are a charity that helps sort of benevolent 
gardeners and yes. people who worked in the horticultural industry. That's isn't right. It, Chris? And, yeah, yeah, for, for, for gardeners and their families who obviously hit hard times. So it's a very worthy mm. charity, and it's the only one dedicated in that that fashion to our industry, isn't it? Yeah, yes. that, that's it. Mm. But they've got three gardens, haven't they? They've got York Gate mm-hmm. up near Leeds and Fuller's Mill Brewery. Sorry, Fuller's Mill, which is Bury St Edmunds, and then. The Laskett Garden, which is uh, the Sir Roy Strong's autobiographical garden, which is okay. made very famous. Uh, so I, some proper sort of ooh, planty gardens there, isn't it? So yeah, high high, uh, high inputs uh, and high design gardens. Yes, with uh, with awesome. obviously a great strong story, and obviously the options for for people to go along there and obviously contribute to visiting, which yeah. obviously puts uh, valuable. Money's in the uh, the charity pot. So, um, but there's a new one. Um, this is going to be a 32 gar- uh, sort of 32 acre garden, and obviously this is going to be over at uh, East Ruston Old Vicarage, and uh, which is between Cromer and Great Yarmouth. Lovely part of the country, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Good past the world, Norfolk, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, it's it nice. Is, yeah. So this is going to be part of the portfolio of the, the gardens run by Perennial. So, yeah, it's... Worth a visit if you're over that way. Yeah, yeah it has wonderful, wonderful reviews. So, uh, yes, another one to look out for, too. Oh, nice one. And then, what else? We've got RHS criticised over products that kill bugs and wildflowers. So yes. our Royal Horticultural Society is in the news for... Mm. Selling Be, yes Be, products that don't quite go hand in hand with their current philosophy. published philosophies mm. and ethos. Yes, I think that's nicely put. Yeah, I mean they've <laughs> they've they've had a lot of criticism here. I mean, I think they, I think they're in a difficult place really. They're trying to <laughs> trying to appease a lot of things. I think commercially, if you've got a website, you've got to sell things on there, and I think it's just now being scrutinised. What they're selling perhaps isn't quite. Uh, in, in the remit um, obviously they're selling things which are obviously poisons to, to plants uh, i.e. herbicides well, and of course to, to plants as well for insects and bugs and such like so absolutely well, as Mr Tishmarsh picked up about Chelsea and rewilding gardens and all of that indeed if the RHS are saying this is the way that we should be going, they shouldn't really be selling slug killer at the same no, time, I think, should I they? I think there's the term lead by example, Peter. Yeah, that's it, think, yeah. that's it, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, Maybe yeah. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll pick up on that then. Yeah, indeed, yes. <laughs> and seed balls. Now, we're chatting to Michael Perry about these. We were. Well, the other, because he, he, he promoted them a while ago. He and did. He was, they're he was, at Chelsea Flower Show, mm-hmm. so if you yeah. can get in between the stands and uh, yes. go and have a chat to them. Yep. Good product, we like yep. that, don't we? We do indeed, yes. And he was saying how it had been marketed. It's something which you might not necessarily see in a in a garden centre, but you'd see it quite. It would sit very comfortably in a gift shop because it, mm. it, the way it's obviously marketed in a, those wonderful tins as well. It has a well, they're little balls of mud, mm. aren't they? And yes. you know, that with seeds inside them, yeah. and you just you know, sprinkle them around your garden, you like you say, and if you or your grandmother's garden or yeah, your just parents' just garden, if you do, go to visit them, your, them yeah, somewhere, yeah, chuck, <laughs> just chuck them around, and yeah. um, they'll and get hopefully get some wildflowers into somewhere, yeah, and encourage lots of bees because they're it. all bee friendly as well. Yes. So the other uh, piece here, we've got obviously Gardeners World Live this month, and there's going to be a new um, of the very first Peter Seabrook Award. So this, okay. is a, this is a new award launched by the Colgrave Seabrook. Foundation in yep. honor of the late Peter Seabrook. Um, obviously, he was one of the founding members of the uh, GMG. Got, uh, GMG. Now that's um, your club, isn't it? The 
Garden, that's it. Garden yes. Media's Guild is that's it? the one, indeed, indeed. Uh, it rolls off the tongue. Um, so basically, growers and breeders have been invited to submit plants uh, that uh, well, have not been available prior to the opening day of of the show, obviously this month. And okay. Yeah, there's going to be a few plants there. So far, we've got uh, Peter's Persia, which is a uh, Chris Warner uh, repeat flowering climbing rose. Uh, right. Namisha Melody, a hardy scented. Long flowering Nemesia, always popular at the garden centre mm, here. Nemesia. They're a lovely bit. Are they class of bedding plant? I yeah, know it's they sort of yeah. They flower all the time, don't I, they? I literally walked past one this morning. It's called uh, Nemesia um, Wisley Vanilla. Oh, it's got an amazing okay. scent. Have a, have a sniff at that. I'll go and have a smell. Yeah. Nice one. And then we've got um, a uh, Sundevilia, um, which is this um, plant which looks. I, I When I was in horticulture, Houseplant horticulture, Peter. We used yep. to call it a diplodenia, and they've changed its okay. name. But it's a it's a, these wonderful trumpet type flowers. You often see them grown on hoops and things, a little bit like ah. jasmine. Okay, um, so yep. that's under. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll find out which the winner is, and we'll probably report that back uh, next month. Next month, that'd be yeah. good. Mm. Excellent, nice one. I found a well, I thought it was quite a good idea. Mm. Um, Something to do with your old coffee filters. Okay. Obviously, you can sprinkle the grounds or the used grounds out around your plant, uh, sort of slug-prone plants, shall we call them? Yes. Um, and yeah, <laughs> around your tops of your hostas and things like that. Yeah. But the actual filter paper, right? I thought it was quite a good idea. Use it as a plant pot liner. So you actually use it before you repot your plant. You use yeah. The so basically, you oh. get your pot. Yeah. Put the old filter in it, right? Then put the compost inside the filter, and obviously lets all the water out, no problem. Yeah, but keeps all the compost in the pot. That's so it's a bit idea. like crocking. Yes, a, a recycled crocking. So you don't need to smash up any old pots or anything like that. <laughs> it sounds good. Wow. <laughs> and okay. just yeah, reuse your old coffee filters. Yeah. So. Okay. Haven't tried it yet, but I guess no. they're probably going to. Degrade within a year or two, I so they'll break down. Which again is probably a good use of, of, of using the material to, to break it down rather than putting it on your compost heap. I suppose. Yes, yeah. yeah. But it's going to add some idea. more nutrients into the pot as well. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. There so we go. That's good. So we'll, we'll put the link on the on the show notes for that, Peter, because it gives you a little bit more details on uh, on the on the whole process. Although you explained it really well, it can't be yep. much more more straightforward on that Brilliant. as well. And. Um, yeah, something else, again, sort of newsworthy, um, plant heritage. Um, obviously, these are the people responsible for all the national collections of plants, over 700 of them around the UK. Mm. They're re- relocating to the world-renowned RHS Gardens in Wisley, which makes a lot okay. of sense, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, so this is the whole idea. It's all about conservation of all these wonderful plants we have, yep. and they're going to be over in their RHS Gardens over in Surrey. So we'll no doubt find more about that over the next next few months but uh, a yeah, definite positive move by the the plant heritage people brilliant and the last story that caught my eye this um, month just because it's coming into summer and mm. uh, Jansen our shop manager was asking about disposable grills and what my thoughts were on them and mm. he, 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 the reason being is that he's come across this new one called a Cassus disposable grill okay and yep. When I first saw it, I was having a laugh, aren't you? It, it looks like it's made out of cardboard. I haven't right. seen one yet, so I can't... Uh, they're still very new. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like it's got bamboo sort of grill 
rungs, rungs we'll call yeah. them. The racks, and yeah. the rack, the, yeah. So the racks made out of bamboo sticks, and which, to be fair, bamboo doesn't grow sort of burn that easily. Nope, so indeed, yes, might work. And looks like it's a cardboard box that contains the yeah. fire. Fire. Mm-hmm. So I. <sighs> So We're going to try one out in the next couple of weeks just okay. to see if okay. they oh, do go up in smoke or... <laughs> Not literally. <laughs> <laughs> whether you can cook your sausages on them. Yeah. But it sort of leads on to this story about mm. um, another keen barbecuer, yes. um, Mr. Mark Wally, yeah. who made a 700-mile round trip from Solihull to go up to Scott's Garden Centre in... Cardwell, which yeah. to my knowledge is sort of way up north it in is. Scotland, it, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, in the Clyde, so right, yeah, a long, long way up. So, and just because he wanted a Ziggy Grill Stream gas barbecue, he'd seen it, he'd read it on the internet. He said it was the best thing since sliced bread, the top end model, only available in Australia. Um, or South, South Africa. Africa, yes, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I, I love barbecuing, as you know, but. Mm. I'm not sure I'd drive 700 miles just to go and pick one up. Although, yeah. if it's a decent quality one, yeah. it's going to last him many years. So, That's to it. be fair, if you put it down to, say, driving 50 miles to go and get one, but you're doing that every year for yeah. the next yeah. okay. 14 years, <laughs> as long as the barbecue but lasts that long, it'll be... Happy, isn't it? Yeah. Happy, won't he? So, yeah. yeah. Well, what a, what a wonderful British story. And the fact he got up at 7.30am and he didn't get home till 1am the next day mm. shows such dedication, doesn't it? And, he, and it's quite interesting that he used, a, a, obviously, an electric car as well. So, obviously, yep. he had to recharge that at some point on his <laughs> on his journey, or maybe twice. But uh, well done to that. And uh, it's a great news story. And this is one, one of the many news stories, pieces we feature from the Garden Trade News. And they, they often get these amazing, uh, quirky stories, which is wonderful to report and it just shows that gardening means so much to so many people but, but when it comes to barbecues maybe that even more so well that's it yeah, yeah. i mean it's a good round trip for him but it was, yeah. and he got to see some of the countryside as Indeed. well i should yeah. imagine and then he built up quite an appetite as well <laughs> <laughs> very good so now it's the part of the show where we talk about what I need to we talk be about, doing. Yes, the work. <laughs> yes. Oh no, it's, there's, there's plenty to be going on with Peter, isn't there? I mean, yep. you just look around the garden; it's just uh, crying out for that. Well, like the so. grass is growing at some pace at the moment, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yes. I've never managed to fill a whole weedie bin from just one mow. Really? Oh, it's my like, word. And okay. it wasn't because I'd left my lawn for a month without no. cutting it. I've no, been no, no. quite good, good this good. year with regular cutting, but yeah, yeah last week. I filled a whole wheelie bin up. Wow, yeah. So that rains we had, obviously, a few weeks ago has obviously resulted in this explosion of growth, which Mm. is showed there as well. It's good, isn't it? It So what are we doing with flowers at the moment, then? Yeah, well, I mean, anecdotally, your tulips and things will be coming to an end now, so you need to move those on. And and then, obviously, maybe think about replanting your containers with some some summer colour. Right, Okay. Um, Yeah. So bedding, isn't it? It is seasonal bedding bedding, in the tunnels at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and uh, still, obviously, you know, popular things, you know, so you, 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 your, uh, your fillers, thrillers, and spillers, as we like to call them. So yep. <laughs> put those in. So yeah, whether it's pelagonians, fuchsias, or your, your marigolds, and your petunias, or your lobelias, get those in uh, over the, and obviously get the, the compost in a good, good condition to, to excel them. And then obviously a bit of seed sowing as well. This is the month really to get your things which will be flowering next spring. So you. Your, your polyanthus, your primroses, your Canterbury bells, your sweet William, they can be sown. You can do those either in, in, in the greenhouse or on the, the windowsill and grow them on in little plugs through the summer. 
Okay. That's a good way there. And I, I've actually sewn last week, uh, Peter, a load of foxgloves for next year as well, because I missed right. out last year. So they're, they're coming up nicely now as well. Um, and obviously, because it's been a late spring, you know, you know, do still consider you know putting a bit of feed around things, which are a bit slow to move. So um, yeah, yeah, a bit of bit either a bit of uh, blood fish and bone or um, a bit of chicken manure, high nitrogen, just to move them on a little bit. That would be okay. that would be good. And um, and then obviously on your your bedding plants, make sure they're all nicely pinched out too. So so they get you know, make nice bushy plants. I think that's quite important in the scheme of things. And uh, yeah, if you've got lilies in pots, maybe have a look at the, keep an eye out for the dreaded lily beetle. Um, yeah. I tend to like using a little bit of uh, Trappic glue, you know, the, the glue okay. we put on our fruit trees, just run yeah. that around the, the rim of the pot. Yeah. So if the little, because they don't fly, they just crawl up the sides, they stick there and they don't go any further. Okay, uh, so that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, so try and do that as well. And uh, yeah, if you're into your hobbyist plants, your, your carnations and your chrysanthemums, and even your your dahlias, obviously good time to take some later cuttings now for for propagation. So plenty to do in the flower garden. Mm. And just thinking a bit more about bulbs. I mean, mm. obviously it's been a very late year. I mm. think for certain things. Am I right in thinking you feed them with a high high potassium feed, mm. sort of after flowering? Yep. And that will help get them to come back again next year. That's right. So what happens once the flower is finished, like your tulips and your, your narcissi, they, you, you obviously cut the, the, the flower um, where it would then run to seed, take that off, let the whole plant then wither. Combination of feed, that then bulks up the bulb and obviously all the goodness from the leaves then go back into the bulb and then you're ready then for, for next wow. season. Okay, I might have missed misjudged my my tasks here chris because i haven't taken the old flower they've they've all uh, the tulip red robin that Mm. had come up again from last year so i was very proud of myself good 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 um i didn't take the flowers off it oh okay so So it's all gone to seed it is set seed it's nice little seed it's a good idea to take those off yeah it's still a good time to do it now okay just before they all go brown and disappear so a bit more of the energy (laughs) then goes back into the bulb yeah okay i'll do that this weekend then they're not as obvious i think with tulips they're never as obvious as things like the the narcissi because they make big sort of bulbous seed pods but tulips are quite sort of delicate you don't really notice them they're not uh, okay they're not as yeah, yeah. There. yeah but so you certainly do that and yeah get some feed into them as they as they die, die back and obviously move them to somewhere where they can die back naturally i tend to use all my, my tulips and daffodils going to be a little wildlife area i plant ah. that up each year and obviously that area benefits from some extra bulbs on, on the basis of that fantastic and vegetables the courgettes are doing well down the allotment and good um good you know, gonna try and get my um enorma runner beans out this weekend as yep. well so yep. yeah well traditionally you know early june is a good time obviously the, the frosts have hopefully passed now so we're into yep. a good time and uh remember yeah nice nice rich soil for for your beans to get them going isn't it really yeah a bit of bit of, bit of fertilizer i tend to use some um, g4 yeah i like yep. that because it's nice big I mean, it's sort of pellets not it is pellets, nice and easy yep. to sort of chuck a little bit in it perfect each yeah yeah hole yep. that i dig yeah, and and just keep yeah, just keep the seed sowing going. I, I sowed some more lettuce the other day. Just literally a pinch of lettuce seed in a in a large pot, which will give yep. us some little seedlings and redo that as well. And, and carrot seed as well. They're all coming through nicely. So, yeah, successional plantings and sowings gives you continuity, and that's important in your vegetable garden. You don't want gluts of things really, uh, certainly early on in the season. Okay. And uh, yeah, and then obviously as as your as your courgettes and your pumpkins start to flower, maybe if you if you 
planting things which are quite advanced, remember they'll need a bit of pollination to, to help them along the way too. Okay. Now, courgettes, I've never pollinated. Normally they... they I, the, I always the bees plant do that two or three yeah. sort of next to each other mm. and they seem to do incredibly well. Yeah. That's one of my... Yeah. That's so good. Really easy to grow vegetables that I'd yeah. always recommend people yeah. have a go with. Definitely, yeah. And uh, obviously, yeah, as we're into the potato season now, you know, they're, they're pushing through. Hopefully, you yep. can start obviously making sure they're well earthed up to keep the, the sunlight out. And obviously, True, yeah, yeah, yeah. stop yeah. them going green, green get the, yeah. and that improves your yield as well, it doesn't it? it? Does. Yes, yeah. They can you know, push out more and more potatoes all the way and through if, the earth. And if you're growing them in bags, obviously, just top up the, the, the bag of compost. I have noticed, though, Peter, they do obviously these, these uh, potato bags take a lot of compost. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got yeah, to yeah, bear you that realize in mind. they yeah. only look like sort of. Nine to uh, sort of nine ten inches across, but yep. yeah, they certainly take up a they do. good good load of compost. Yeah, and uh, so that yeah, and then obviously in the fruit garden, yeah, obviously keeping a, an eye out for, for pests and diseases. I mean that goes without saying. There's a bit of bit of green fly around, which obviously is not the end of the world. Um, yeah, a little bit of uh, high pressure spray with just water will get rid of a lot of those. Okay, the, yeah, uh, yeah they're doing it, I suppose. Yeah. Breeding yep. ladybugs, that's Indeed. another way. Those hoverflies Lady will come birds around. Birds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they'll come around and do that for you. And then obviously tying in your your uh, your cane fruit, so your raspberries and things, and so they're nicely in place for for this season. Um, mm. Not really any real pruning required to that there. And obviously, if you've got uh, a fruit cage, make sure everything is well netted. Make sure there's no gaps or any holes in your netting. Yeah, you, you don't want. Um, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Thrush, <laughs> Sparrow, Sparrow, or Blackbird. Yes, cherries, and no. yeah, well, I yeah. like feeding them, so. Well, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, yeah. As long yeah. as I get a couple of fruits Indeed. off them, they're nice. Yeah. That's it. And obviously, if you're growing tomatoes, I, mean, I planted my tomatoes the other week, yeah, okay. try, to, try to open the door, get a bit of f- ventilation in there. In the damping, greenhouse, yeah. In yep. the greenhouse, yeah, damping down. Obviously, I, I tend to do it before I come to work. Be great okay. to do it during the day, but it generally gets done when I get home. Um, yep. At this time of year, it's fine. Once we get into late August, September, I'll stop doing that because obviously you don't want the plants going in very wet and damp into the into the, into the colder evenings. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this time yeah. of year, it's absolutely well they dry out so quickly. They now. do indeed, and it helps the pollination as well. It helps the movement of pollen on those flowers too. And obviously, you can tap go along if if dry set is a problem on your tomatoes if they're not setting properly. Just tap the top of the cage as you walk past. That just moves the pollen. Nicely, yeah, and there as well. Um, And then obviously we're into hanging basket season now, well and truly. Mm. Um, A lot of people will be sort of venturing out, sort of hanging the baskets if they've been growing them on in the greenhouse or porch. Um, Well, Chris, it's going to amaze you. Uh, I think uh, this year I've already got my hanging baskets in flower. Would you have me? That's (laughs) good. I'm impressed. Yes, mine are not planted yet. So June and yeah, we're all. I'm already away. Okay. Yeah, I've got my plants ready to go in. So that's a job for this weekend. Well, I I cheat. I just use the kindergarten drop-in. Okay. Well, that's actually fine. (laughs) (laughs) The first time they came into the garden centre, I was like, right, I'm going to get some of them. They're looking really nice. They do. They look amazing. Yeah, they are amazing. Takes such a short time to go from Mm. a couple of flowers to really bulking out and doing well don't they and the the varieties the mixture they put in there is just so Mm. well uh, curated isn't it fantastic displays as well and uh, yeah I mean those are obviously going to be available in garden centres up to about the middle of this month so you should be fine if you are running out of ideas but uh, again um, have a look at that and then finally lawns of course Um, we mentioned about cutting the lawn it might Mm. be worth uh, 
obviously adjusting the height of your blades as well accordingly if the if the the lawn needs to be a bit more manicured shall we say if you're going down that route and uh, obviously if you because the spring has been so out of kilter with nature obviously try and get a bit of feed onto it if you I was going to say am I, normally you sort of put a spring feed on the mm. lawn don't you and it's like well, this year with spring being so late it, is it still okay to it, it probably is till probably the yeah till the end of this you, month so I, I guess would you use a sort of the summer feed now or would you still go with a autumn feed i think it's sort of still in june a spring feed is still acceptable yes okay yeah, i think so yeah um i mean especially if you've got problems with with moths and, and weeds and you're using a, a you know a three-in-one sort of evergreen type mix where you want to try and hit all, all okay bases, so that's yeah. the summer one yeah, the so summer that's one, probably yeah. better to use yeah, now yeah because yeah. my clover and moss is doing well so oh, okay thought, that's okay yeah maybe i should give it a nice feed and weed <laughs> indeed yeah and, and obviously you know try and keep the edges of your lawn nicely nicely sharp it's a good opportunity to do that as well at this time yeah. of year isn't it especially if you, you're going to be planting in your borders uh, yep. you get the the half iron out and uh do that. I do miss doing that. I haven't got a lawn, Peter, so I do miss doing the. Okay. the but I always found that one of the most rewarding bits of. Well, it always makes care. it look so smart, it does. doesn't it? Especially yeah. sort of down the edge of, like you say, sort of patios or mm. borders. It, is, yes. it makes everything look good. But I must say, I, I don't know whether I should say this. I'll, I'll issue a health and safety warning okay. that this probably really isn't a good idea. But what I do is I get the strimmer. Right. And I am wearing my safety goggles. But I turn the strimmer on the side and just use that to cut oh, the edges. Yeah, I've and, seen that um, yeah. it, it does kick up an awful lot of <laughs> bit of, uh, sort of, uh, oh, of bits flicking up. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. So yeah. probably, like I say, probably not the, uh, at all safe to do. Yeah. And I'm not recommending anyone nope, try this. Nope. Um, yep. But that's how I <laughs> edge yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> my lawn. <laughs> That's good stuff. So, Peter, I think we've had a busy month of June, and uh, obviously, should we just give a shout out to our guest a little bit later this month? Uh, yeah, 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 yes. Definitely. So, uh, our guest will be Nick Hamilton from those famous gardens up in uh, Rutland, uh, Barnsdale, Barnsdale Gardens. So, we'll be speaking to Nick and finding all about his his wonderful thirty uh, odd show gardens. Mm, yes, that's it. And as always, if you like our show, please do share it with your friends. I was looking on the statistics last week, and the colour of the world map is getting more and more colourful. We, we, we've got listeners as far away as Azerbaijan, and honestly, Alaska, wow. okay. Azerbaijan, you, you yeah. think of another, I don't think we've got any in Algeria. Oh, Maybe okay. we need to. Uh, well, if you, yeah, you know somebody know, in Algeria, know any friends in Algeria, yeah. do let them know about Indeed. the podcast. But yeah, it's really interesting yeah. seeing sort of yeah. a big shout to our American audience. Mm, Indeed, as um, about nearly getting up to about twenty five percent of our okay. audience are American. That's and good. It well, really well. amuses us because we we haven't advertised and we don't know how you found us, but no, we hope problem. you're Thank enjoying you for, it. Yeah, and we do. Yeah, carry on listening. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and if you are enjoying us, you know, make sure you subscribe and tell your friends. That's it. Brilliant. Okay, Chris. Well, thank you very much for this month's tips and jobs. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, thank you, Peter. Thank you for a, a great show. Thank you. Today's show was brought to you by Buckingham Garden Centre and Nurseries. The show was hosted by Chris Day and Peter Brown. The show was produced by Peter Brown. And our thanks to Chilton Music Therapy for providing the music. Thanks for listening. At Chilton Music Therapy, 
We want everyone to know the difference that music can make in their lives, from parents and their premature babies in hospital to grandparents with dementia. We provide music therapy and community music services to people of all ages and needs across England. We work both digitally and in person in people's homes, care homes, schools, hospitals and hospices. Find out more at chilternmusictherapy.co.uk.